Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! And welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hey, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fictional universes mm-hmm. um, and then we cross them right over. Sure. Like an arrow splitting another arrow right down the middle. Oh, man. Yeah. But the arrows don't really, I guess they don't blend. Sometimes it's violence. Well, sometimes I mean, it's not like a perfect fit. Sometimes you just gotta destroy just the gotta other arrow. Go for it. Sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> you just gotta say, "Screw this timeline." <laughs> we're, we're we're retconning a bunch of things. It's true. We're breaking everything. Yep. Um, and Annie, how good are we at doing crossover appeal? The limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come with a million of these tonight. Oh yeah, you just get ready. Well, Annie, um. <laughs> Just so everybody can understand just how funny you just were (laughs) just now. What are we crossing over this evening? Tonight, we are crossing over Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Mean Girls. So, Annie, we're crossing over Mean Girls with a movie about a guy who shoots arrows a lot? Yeah. Are you telling me that we are trying to make Fletch happen? What's Fletch? (laughs) Fletcher's somebody who works with arrows. Never mind. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I was pretty excited about that one, but oh, no. okay. I'm just going oh. to let that one go. Well, you were an English major. Before. You were an English major. I didn't know I was an arrow major. <laughs> I so Laval literally told me before we started recording, I'm so excited for a pun that I'm gonna make. Yeah, in this episode, I had it all queued up. I had it so excited. I was like, I can't wait to see what this is. And that's what I I, I recall. That is not what you said when I told you I was very excited. No, I was. I I was like, I was really interested to see what it was. Okay. Any exuberance or anticipation were not expressed to me. I was very okay with hearing it. (laughs) You were a solid man. (laughs) And then the pun happened and it went down somehow. (laughs) We set the bar low. Wow. Oh, man. Now I'm just thinking of puns about missing the mark. It's only getting worse. Oh, no. I don't even know if you'll know them or not, so I won't make them. I guess not. Man. I didn't even know I had such niche knowledge. I guess so. Well, Annie, as where this... did you? So wait, our our friend Matt Fletcher, is is that where the Fletch name comes from? Is it like you know, like I mean, someone I don't who's think Baker? Matt Fletcher makes arrows. No, but I think but, it's like, yeah, like someone think... whose last name is Baker. They were you know probably from a family who were bakers. I believe so. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yay! Good job, Matt Fletcher. And flashback to last of... week, Magnus Burnside's in the Adventure Zone has uh, an item called the Fletcher's Mitt which allows him to catch ranged attack weapons. I literally didn't think that was a little thought it was named after Matt Fletcher? I just, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> like, why not? He hit the big time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Annie, as the certified and obvious arrow expert between the two of us, why don't you go ahead and tell us yeah. about Robin Hood, so you, Prince of Thieves? If you were going to guess who was going to talk about which fandom... I think you would have it reversed. But we came about this one pretty organically. Yeah. And frankly, I'm excited about both. Yeah. Um, you, and why Why are you particularly excited okay. about Mean Girls? So we did not plan this, but as we were sitting down to record, I realized t- the day that the episode comes out is going to be Mean Girls Day, a.k.a. October 3rd. Ask Aaron Samuelson about uh, yeah, it. Yeah. Aaron Samuelson knows how cool we are. Aaron Samuelson? Samuelson. Aaron Samuelson. Ermagerd. It's Aaron Samuelson. We're doing great. <laughs> October 3rd. <laughs> Annie, please tell me about Robin Hood. <laughs> 
So Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is a historical adventure movie about English folk hero Robin Hood. Uh, it was released in 1991 and received mixed reviews, but was the second highest grossing film of that year after Terminator 2 and beating out Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. which I found pretty impressive. Yeah. It was a huge deal. Yeah, it really was. Um, Kevin Costner, who played Robin of Loxley, a.k.a. Robin Hood, got a Razzie for Worst Actor that year. Pretty well deserved. Yeah, frankly. Um, But Alan Rickman, who played Sheriff of Nottingham, got a BAFTA for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. So, you know, ups and downs. Yeah, and Kevin Costner directed it, too. No, he didn't. Didn't he? No. Oh, I made that he, maybe he directed Waterworld um, or Dances with Wolves. I think both of those he directed. Um, no, I think because the guy who directed this also directed Waterworld. Because wow, I, just... I looked him up because I was like, well, what else have you done? Oh, man, not a great track. Or I mean, I guess a great track record sales wise, except for Waterworld. Man, I just want to pin everything on Kevin Costner. Your it's... sins are your own, Costner. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, well. We can't save you here. Well, I'm obviously not as up on the Costner oeuvre as I no. thought I was. Although, I mean, we did um, the the baseball one. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, Indeed. yeah. And that was a good one. It so is. So he did that right. I don't know if he directed that. Now I don't know no, about oh, anything. No, see that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I had all these thoughts in my head about movies that Kevin Costner directed, but apparently I was just making stuff no, up. No, but I mean, he didn't direct Waterworld, so that wasn't his fault. Right. No, but I I thought that he was. Oh, so you were spreading lies about yes. the cost. I'm impugning Costner's character. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Much like the Razzies impu- impugned his character. I mean, legit. Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to throw more vocabulary words in now that the Fletcher thing happened. Oh, no. You're like, break out your wordly wise from ninth yeah. grade. It's like time to just throw in that thesaurus. Um, so, uh, other things about Robin Hood, um, it featured the song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams, which went on to be used at 90s proms and weddings across the nation. I'd say maybe the most important thing about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I mean, that's at least in the top five. Absolutely. Um, and it also won a Grammy for best song written specifically for a motion picture or television. So this is a Grammy award winning song. Nice job, Brian Adams. Right? Deservedly so. It is instantly recognizable. You put it on when I was staring at Bodo a few oh, minutes ago, and because, I knew what you were doing. Yeah, because it's hilarious and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I personally know that Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves spawned a series of action figures, including a tiny little action figure treehouse for Robin and his friends. Man, I wanted that so bad. Oh, we had that, man. Oh, my God. It was like a Christmas present or something. Was it as amazing as it looked? Yeah. Oh, man. But then I remember I remember really wanting it, and then in the movie, uh, the, the treehouse doesn't do great. And well, that sure. made me very, very sad. Oh. Because I was excited to play in the treehouse, yeah. but then, like, anyway, I'll let you get to the plot summary. Yeah, they, you can rebuild the treehouse. That's true. Um, so the story follows Robin of Loxley, who's returned to England after fighting alongside Rich, uh, King Richard the Lionheart in the Crusades. Um, Robin's accompanied by Azim, who is a Muslim man whose life Robin saved. Um, there's this whole escape scene early on, and that's yeah, kind of like where they... Yeah, they're, together. Yeah. But also, like... The Crusades were largely about killing Muslims. Uh, yeah. And so he saved one, but like probably killed a lot more. Yeah, right? Yeah. I think they were just like, well, we sure would like to have one non-white person on mm-hmm. this movie. Which for like mid-90s was and, and more for a Robin than Hood it needed movie, to be. Like, yeah, there that's true. Ha- I mean, not a lot of non-white people in these movies prior. So that's thanks, true. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So Robin's all excited to show his home to Azim, but finds out his family's been murdered and his home's been burned down. Rot row. Womp womp. Uh, turns out that England without Richard kind of sucks. Um, seriously, Richard, why are you off in the Crusades and not doing your job? Yeah, he did kind of have some stuff to take care of at home. Right? Like, I feel like the more I think about him and his role in the Robin Hood mythology, I'm mm-hmm. like, you literally just ditched everybody. It's like he left and forgot to turn the stove off, yeah. but the stove was civil unrest. Right. And, and that's just, it went all the way. It's up true. To, yeah. Just to burned the, the whole hazard. thing down. Yeah. Oh, Richard. Um, so the Sheriff of Nottingham has been lording over and terrorizing the people along with his enforcer, Sir Guy of Gisborne, and his mom, which, uh, Mortiana, who's, I he think, sort of just... is hooking up with? No. Don't they kiss at some point? No. I thought there I was mean, some maybe... weird, incesty kind of thing going no, on. No, they're just, they're just creepy. I general. may be overlaying some of Robin Hood men in tights. I think possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is just, she's creepy. Um, and there's a corrupt Bishop of Hereford. Um, so so bad guys all around. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, Robert encounters Gisborne while going to see Maid Marian to inform her of her brother's death. Her brother also died in the Crusades, and um, Robin promised that he would like send the news to Marian and like guy. look after her. Mm-hmm. Um, fights ensue, and Robin ends up taking refuge in Sherwood Forest, where he finds a group of outlaws and people who have been forced from their homes due to the sheriff's taxes and raids. A bunch of scrappy outsiders. Yeah. They, they all speak with British accents. It's true. Very British accents. Very yeah. accurate British yep. accents. Uh, Robin, who does not speak with a British accent, organizes the group and gets them to start stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is the you part everybody this part. knows. Um, this impresses Marion, but gets the sheriff real pissed. Uh, the sheriff finds the Sherwood hideout and a bunch of merry men and co get captured and sentenced to death. And this is when the treehouse gets burned down. Yeah, it's, it's real sad. not fun. Um, the sheriff says that if Marion will marry him and b- get him a line of uh, to royal succession, he'll let everybody go. Robin and the team get organized to stop the wedding and the executions. Fights ensue. Bad guys die. Robin and Marion end up married later. And then King Richard is comes. He like, walks in at the end. Yeah. He's like, hey. He's basically Thomas died. Jefferson in the first scene of Act Two of Hamilton. Yes. He does a what, of, what did I miss? Yeah. And it's Sean Connery and everybody goes yeah. nuts. And then, and then movie's over. Yeah. That is like, it's, it's almost a pop culture reference. It's I mean, that it random of a cameo. Is. It's really just really? like, let's get Sean Connery in there. Well, it's like, here's a, um, actor from the UK. Yeah. But I, I feel like, famous. I feel like it's done very purposefully to be like, look, it's Sean Connery as opposed to like, it doesn't satisfy anything else. It's just the movie being like, Hey, you know, this guy. Well, I think also, Generally, in the Robin Hood movie vein, King Richard has to show up at some point. Yeah, he's like the stability returning. Yeah, that's so true. I think that this was a nod to that, and then also they're like, "What famous person can we get?" That's true. Because if, if there's one thing this movie is, it's it's uh, loyal to the mythology. And, yeah, right. And like the history. The, the it really mom, takes the history seriously. Mom witch, totally. <laughs> Um, characters we have: Robin of Loxley, aka Robin Hood, aka the Robin Hood with the American accent. Maid Marian, the classic love interest, Sheriff of Nottingham, our big bad, Guy of Gisborne, supporting the big, big bad, classic merry men, including Little John, Friar Tuck, Will Scarlet, uh, who is played by angsty Christian Slater. I forgot he was angsty Christian Slater. I know, Slater. right? This is yeah. very 90s. He gets his hand shot to a tree. Yes. Oh, man, that hurt. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine so. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um... Duncan, Robin's faithful family servant. Azim, literally the only person of color in the movie, but that's one more than most Robin Hood adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, Mortiana, a creepy witch lady who's Nottingham's mother and who lives in the basement of the castle, being really creepy. Yeah. She 100% preached me out as a kid. Oh, yeah. No, the scene where she's like casting bones to like yeah. fortune telling and she like cuts her hand and the blood's all yeah. goopy. And, and they're yeah. like eyes and stuff. It's yeah. creepy. No, she's, she's a well done movie witch. Indeed. Um, the Bishop of Hereford, who's like the anti-friar talk, and uh, King Richard, who shows up just to be of no help to anyone. Yeah. It's like, hey, everybody, look, I fixed oh, it. I, 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 guys, I'm back. Yeah. I, I'm done killing people. What's so. this, a wedding? I can do those. Yeah, right. Why yeah. not? Um, some themes from the movie. Standing up for what's right. Uh, like any Robin, Robin, good Robin Hood story. Um this one is all about fighting for the people and fighting back against an abusive government. Mm-hmm. Um, so yay, yay for that. Um, being a leader is another theme. Like Robin Hood doesn't come onto the scene with a band of followers and a message. He just like learns that this is a bad situation and realizes that people are looking for someone to organize and lead them against uh, the tyranny of the sheriff. Yeah, it's not even like he's he's not even really a nobleman anymore because everything's been burned yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. He, like, he's, he's like, well, nothing. I've got nothing and... Nobody really cares about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he just sees that like this bad stuff has been going on. And that like people are willing to follow him. Yeah. Um, and that like they need to do something. He mm-hmm. can't just be like, well, I guess these people are on their own and I'm on my own. Um, yeah. So yeah. And um, everything I do, I do it for you. And by you, <laughs> I mean England. The most resonant theme. Exactly. Uh, things I like and think other people will like. Uh, it's just historical adventure fun. Like, it's not the most historically accurate film, and it plays real loosey-goosey with the accents, but it's a good time in the vague Middle Ages. Yeah, it's like, yeah, don't don't worry too much about it. Exactly. Um, And it's Robin Hood, so it's a story you already know and love. Just spend some time with your folklore friends. Mm-hmm. It's all the beats you want it to hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a bunch of 
kind of good people doing it. So yeah. go to town. And speaking of good people, Alan Rickman gets to ham it up as the big old villain. Mm-hmm. So if you liked him as Hans Gruber and Professor Snape, you'll love him as the Sheriff of Nottingham. He literally gets to say, and cancel Christmas, which is a delight. I forgot about that. I but know, yeah, right? He is 100% the best part of this movie. Apparently, um, he turned down the role twice before they agreed that he would just have like free reign over the character. Like, like you do could literally you do whatever you want. He's so good. I yeah. think he's the main reason this movie still like is remembered. Yeah, it's it's certainly right up there. Yeah, because he's he's just so good in it. He is. And again, he's just he's having a ball. Like yeah. he's, you know, chewing some scenery. Mm-hmm. He's being real big and wacky. Um and I think to see him between this and then the restraint of sense and sensibility. Oh yeah, because like, these were those were a similar time. Close. Yeah, it was like this was 1991, and I think that one was 1994 or five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like this, you know, was Dude not too far. Yeah, and I think he, yeah, he's just a great actor who was having a real good time with this. Yeah, it's such a delight. I think uh, almost especially because he's against Kevin Costner, who I think is a fine actor, but he's like he's good at being Kevin Costner, right? And he's so like inscrutable. Like yes. his skill as an actor is being like a block of wood. He's that's he is somehow a still real compelling. Every man actor. Yeah, and he's phenomenal for that in uh, Field of Dreams, oh, where he's just so earnest. Yeah, but. But then to see Alan Rickman play against that is so much fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just really great. Two very different schools of performance. Yes. Um, <laughs> so speaking of schools, hey, let's uh, talk about Mean Girls. Let's go to school. Uh, so Mean Girls is a 2014 comedy satire and memorable, quote, machine written and uh, no, just just written by Tina Fey. I, again, came into this one for some reason misremembering and thinking that she had both wrote and directed it. Uh, but this was before people would let her direct things. So this was written by Tina Fey, directed by Mark Waters, and uh, loosely based off of the book Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman, which is weird because that book is nonfiction. It's sort of like a like a socio yeah, oh, it's sociological a, it's a, logical study book. And I think um, I remember that book from, you know, whenever in middle or high school as mm-hmm. a thing that like parents would read. Right, it was like understanding. Yeah, that would be like, oh, your child's in middle and high school now. Here's this kind of stuff they would encounter. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to see how that became this hilarious teen comedy movie. Yeah, and I feel like there are a couple of scenes where you can sort of feel that influence yeah. there, but for the most part, it's woven into this narrative. Yeah, which is so and I think it's a very, very loose adaptation. Yes. Oh, for sure. Inspired by, but yes. somehow I think really true to the spirit of it. Oh yeah, that it's um, like these are things that teens are dealing with, mm-hmm. and I think it's a lasting movie because. I mean, whether you went to high school, the 70s, 80s, 90s, O's, 10s, like... It resonates. Yeah. Like, it's still, like, it hits the basic dynamics really well, which I think is its grounding in this book. Um, But the basic synopsis of the movie, uh, Katie Heron is a 16-year-old who has spent most of her life growing up in Africa with her zoologist parents, but now has moved back to the U.S. to go to high school. Um, It's her first experience with schools here in America, and it does not go great. Um, eaten in the bathroom by herself at the at lunch Aww, the first day. Honey. Um, Katie meets a couple of fun outcast friends, however, Janice and Damien, but they, along with the rest of the school, are kept under the thumb of the Plastics, a group of popular girls led by Regina George, who's played by Rachel McAdams in just the greatest portrayal ever. Oh, she's of fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Plastics uh, take an interest in Katie, and Janice and Damien convince her to infiltrate the clique and then destroy it from within. So she starts off in full-on espionage mode, but soon she starts becoming more and more enamored of the Plastics' lifestyle. Um, further complicating things, she develops a crush on Regina's on-again, off-again boyfriend, Aaron Samuels. Oh, no. Not Samuelson, as I said earlier. Oh. But he asks her what yeah. date it is, and it's love immediately. Right? Er- Erin Sermelson. Erin Sermelson. <laughs> He's not that memorable. It's okay. He's fine. Yeah. 
Um, in a movie full of standout performances that made a lot of people's careers, yeah. he's in it as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. he has a nice face. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so Katie starts slacking off in school and blowing off commitments to hang with the plastics, and she skips hanging out with Janice and Damien to host a plastics party at her home and try to hook up with Aaron. Unfortunately, she gets super drunk. Janice and Damien find out. Aaron rejects her, and Regina discovers her duplicity. Um, Regina then exacts a terrible revenge by publishing her own personal burn book full of insults for everybody Ooh. in the school, but making it look like Katie was the ringleader of drafting it. Regina's like a real evil genius. Yeah, she's playing three-dimensional chess. Um, she's Indeed. real, real good. Um, Katie is ostracized and humiliated and has to earn her way back into the good graces of the school, her friends, her family, and maybe even, I don't know, the world. I needed a last item on that list. So yeah. that's what I put. Um, um, and she might just have a little bit of help doing so uh, from her too much of a mess to be a role model teacher and mathletics coach, Miss Norbury, played by Tina Fey herself. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a delightful movie. Um, the characters, like like I said, this movie is just stacked with amazing characters whose actors went on to bigger and better things almost uniformly, like almost everyone in this movie had a bigger career afterwards um, except for a few folks who probably should have um, so there's Katie played by Lindsay Lohan um, this was actually this was probably the apex of Lindsay Lohan yeah and and like I I both feel bad for her but mm -hmm. frankly like she I feel like she is not the shining star in this movie no she's like, she's a she perfectly is, fine performance. yeah she does a perfectly fine job but mm -hmm. like everyone else is so fantastic that yeah. i'm like i can't even feel that sorry for you because you had a great career and you squandered it exactly oh man well i guess now she, she is like, literally she's, tried to kidnap a child Yeah, she is trying to kidnap refugee children yeah. uh so yeah yeah right maybe. like that's not just like oh she's you done Dealing. messed up. Yeah, like, Lizzie really? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Oof. Uh, there is, luckily, there's everybody else in the movie. So there's Janice, played by Lizzie Kaplan, and Damien, played by Daniel Franzis. Uh, and then there are the plastics. Uh, Regina George, played by Rachel McAdams. The ringleader, Gretchen Wieners, Lacey Chabert. Oh, Lacey Chabert. Trying I love to make you. fetch happen. Uh, and Karen Smith, played by Amanda Seyfried, um, who just wants to be a weather woman. Because, because you can her tell, boobs tell what the weather is. Yeah, when it's going to be when raining. When it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's not the brightest one. Um, there's Aaron Samuelson, Samuel, played by Jonathan Bennett. Uh, and then there are the teachers. There's Miss Norbury, played by Tina Fey, uh, and Principal Duval, played by Tim Meadows. In, I think, like, just a fantastic supporting performance. He oh, doesn't when... get a lot to do, but boy, does he do the most uh, with it. He really does. Like, yeah. whenever he's on screen, mm -hmm. he both feels like a legitimate principal. Like, you you believe that he would have this job, yeah. but he's also deeply hilarious. Yeah, and like haunted by things yes. that we're never quite sure of. Um, there's Kevin Napor, the leader of the athletics team that Katie is first on and then blows off because of the plastics. And, and he's... Um, um, like a nerd, but he's also trying to be a baller. He's a hip hop nerd. Yeah. Um, like yeah. he's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like I, I love him as a character. Yeah, he and is exactly someone that you knew in high school. Especially because this came out before Parks and Rec and I feel mm -hmm. like um uh what's his name? Oh yeah. Um uh, Tom. Yeah, Haverford. Tom Haverford, like felt like Kevin Napore. Yeah, like, as that's a really true, up. actually. Yeah. yeah, it was like that sort of prototype. Yeah. Um, and there's Regina's mom, June George, played by Amy Poehler. Uh, again, just doing the most with a small role, but just I delightful. I feel like that was the first thing I really remember of Amy Poehler. Yeah. Because, I mean, she'd been, she'd been on SNL. But I think this was like one of her, her first, like movie roles yeah and i think like i mean it was tim meadows's first time or one of his first yeah. times being in a movie that wasn't an snl movie yeah um so yeah i think tina fey definitely brought a bunch of her snl friends over and yeah. tried to give even including anna gasteyer who plays oh, katie's mom i forgot about that yeah she's so good uh and neil flynn uh the janitor from scrubs who plays katie's dad oh good job um, guys so yeah the cast it's like all dependable comic actors or young actors sort of really making the most out of their roles, um, especially the plastics. I mean, I feel like Amanda Seyfried and Rachel McAdams blew up in a big way after this. Uh, and then Lacey Chabert didn't quite as much, but has been like steadily working. And she's been steadily working since she was a child. Yeah. Like 
She like she's a professional. She's a very professional person, <laughs> um, and I just love her. Like whatever she shows up in, yeah. I am very happy. I just enjoy about. her. Um, so themes and fun stuff. The major theme is high school is tough but survivable, um, and it is easiest when you're yourself and you let other people be themselves as well. Um, one thing that I love about the movie is it really gets the cycle of high school, so that by the end of the film. We've moved to the year after all the events of the film have happened, and everybody is so much more chill and calm and okay with one another, but we also see a new class of plastics coming up beneath them. So it's not like these characters fix high school. Yeah. It's they figure themselves out within this structure of high school. And for that, like, it actually feels very real in terms of the kind of cycle of high school and how by the time you get to senior year... People are way less into drama in general. Yeah, it feels very relatable. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah, we can all kind of hang out. And, you know, you have your friends, but... There, it definitely feels like the lines are less blurred. Yeah, you can have a conversation with pretty much everybody. And like, yeah. there are still people who you don't like. Right. Or people that you or, like you more. Know, but but like, there are more people who are like in the middle, just kind of willing to blend. Yeah, there's much less concern about status. Where yeah. I think like the parts that feel most pulled from Queen Bees and Wannabes are early in the movie when like Katie is like, so anthropologically delineating the ranks of yeah. high school and like that that is a really real thing but then i like that the movie nods towards at the end that like that's not all of high school um yeah. that's like a process that you go through and that everybody does so it's just it's a natural course of order um i think it also does a great job of underlining just how perplexed parents are by this and like all the adults oh, yeah. trying to like hold uh, an all-school assembly to talk through issues and, like, thinking they're helping but not actually doing much. Um, And the ways that that can all be used even then to, like, ruin people. And I think um, kind of going off on the the all-school assembly thing, um, which, you know, helps in different ways. Yeah. But I think the thing I liked about that scene in particular is that it does show that it's not just the popular people and the unpopular people. Like, yeah. you know, the the girls lacrosse team had their own drama and it was mm-hmm. like, you know, or the softball team. And it was like, oh, you know, she says you've been, you know, hogging the ball. And yeah. it's like, oh, don't pull me into this. I'm pitching tomorrow. It's like, it's, it's yeah. not just about who's popular and who's not. It's like you're you're trying to establish your independent identities as high schoolers. And that means that no matter kind of which group you're in, that group is going to have drama as well right. on its own level. And sometimes it doesn't even matter who the popular people are. It's yeah. like they can be out of your sphere like you're because you're dealing with attention. your own stuff. Yeah, you're not like you're not looking at the hierarchy from that perspective. Yeah, it's like if you're a drama kid, you're dealing with the drama kid drama. Yeah. And like you know that, that and, and Gretchen oh boy, Wieners is, is popular, yeah. but like you're dealing with your own stuff on the side. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even go here. Yeah, you just have a lot of feelings. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it really just, like, captures that so sympathetically and understandingly. It is also just a really, really Tina Fey-ish voice throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. I think, like, the humor of it is exactly what her voice would become or continue to be um, from her time in SNL, but then moving into things like 30 Rock and Kimmy Schmidt. Like, it's this really sharp, acerbic heartfelt but guarded kind of humor yeah, that also really embraces randomness. It's like a a teddy bear with a lot of spikes on it. Yeah. Um, very judgmental yeah. teddy bear with spikes. And you're like, this I love this and and it's warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But it kind of hurts too. Yeah, exactly. It it cuts pretty deep. Um you know, there's the most important moral lesson of the entire movie, which is on Wednesdays we were pink. Obviously. Obviously. Um but yeah, I think it for the most part, like you were saying earlier, Annie, it captures this feeling of being in high school in a way that feels relatable even now. I yeah. think it is still a movie that, by all accounts, still gets watched a lot by high oh, schoolers. yeah. I can see this as like the sleepover movie you watch when you're 10 or 11. Yeah, and it feels in a way less dateable, not like going on a date with, but dating it, Yeah. than like something, even like The Breakfast Club, which I feel yeah. like The Breakfast Club, like codified something really specific but now i think the conversation around high school is so much more nuanced i feel like shaded mean girls looks at those the breakfast club delineations of the cliques Mm -hmm. but goes deeper where it's not just like oh we're in our cliques 
and maybe we can all be friends. Yeah. It's like, well, we're in our cliques. And again, we all have our own dramas and there are a lot of pressures on everybody mm-hmm. and maybe we can all be friends. And by senior year, we're all kind of OK with each other. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel as much like in the breakfast club that these people like never hang out. Yeah. And, feel- like in the same space. Yeah. It feels like in the breakfast club that like the the thing with the breakfast club is introducing this idea that like high schoolers have cliques yeah. and their own worlds. And that was a big thing to show yeah. in a movie at that time. But now it's about showing the nuances within that. And even then, I think there are elements of the movie that are dated. I oh, think the yeah. racial politics of Mean Girls oh, is... totally. I think, like, a lot of Tina Fey's stuff kind yeah. of fraught. Right. Um, and it, it, so there's still more room for the conversation to grow. And it is still a very specifically white, middle-class, high school oh, experience totally. perspective. And But within that sphere, it is deeply, I think, nuanced and relatable and just funny. It is oh, so yeah. funny. Like... It's so hard to not quote this movie all the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's someone I uh, who's I know not just from work, but it's like I'd only see her name on like employee lists and her last name is um, Coco something. Mm-hmm. And I always I, I whenever I see it, I'm like, you go Glenn Coco. And I'm like, that's not her actual name, but it's just yeah. because she has Coco in her name. Right. It will stay with me forever. Or like get in bitches. We're going shopping. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I think this is one of the movies that I actually quote or think of quotes from the most. Yeah. Because it's, it's... very applicable. Oh, it totally is. And the writing is real sharp and funny. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's just little. I mean, it, it's very, I think. You can really see Tina Fey as a sketch writer in yeah. it because it's these little codified bits it's of humor. It's like perfect moments. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Um, but hey, both of these movies are great. Yes. So let's get them on. Let's get them together. Let's make Fletch happen. Yes. Thank That's you. the one. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. That's the laugh <laughs> I fell in love with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about thematic crossovers. Yep. Uh, outsiders. Yeah. Um, and kind of the, the social survival. Yeah. Hierarchical, hierarchical yeah, system, structures. Yeah. Having to take down the, the queen bees mm-hmm. or the sheriffs, if you yeah. will. Uh, clumsy racial politics. Yeah. Right. You Thanks know? for including that like one black person in your movie. I think it was very like it, both movies I feel like are diversity versus like inclusion. Where yes. it's like there are people of color in both they're of these in the movies. backgrounds. There sure are. Yep. We have and some of them have lines. And a lot of their existence is about being people of color. Yes. <laughs> like so yeah, I think that that's something these movies share. Um combat. Yeah. Um know, intrigue. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um parents who just don't understand. I don't know. Do Robin's mom? well. Robin's parents don't because they're dead. They're dead. There's a witch mom. King Robert or King Richard doesn't understand yeah. because he's off crusading. This one might not no. work quite as well. Um, you know, Robin Hood's been gone for a long time. Yeah, doesn't know how England works now. No, Katie's been he, gone for a long yeah, time. She, she doesn't know how the U.S. No. works. Um, I mean, I kind of want to say teamwork makes the dream work. Because, yeah. in, you know, in Robin Hood, again, it's like the fact that everybody bands together and fights against the power. Everything and in they Mean do. Girls, you know, Katie and her, um, was it Spring Fling acceptance speech is oh, like, yeah. we're all really like mean to each other. Yeah. Where she breaks up the largest like, yeah, crown I, in the it's world. It's like she just cracks it into like. Basically three pieces and then but, somehow has 400 to, yeah. to scatter all over the She's audience. Doing, it had to have been a joke. Yes. I love it. Um, yeah, I think teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Works. Um, let me see. And then something about, I mean, I feel like there's some connection between the witch and the burn book. Dark incantations. Yeah, right. Um, well, also, I mean, people in power are doing real sketchy stuff. Yeah. Like Regina town. George. She is... She's the Sketchmaster Five Thousand. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But hey, let's let's get more into that yeah. in the real crossover. How does this happen? Um, so this is one of those things where it might we might have to shoot an arrow through an arrow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and pull some people into different timelines. Potentially. So there's a book called England, England by Julian Barnes, uh-huh. which is about England builds a like classic England theme park. So like in Colonial Wales. Williamsburg kind of thing? Sort of, but the idea is just to have everything that people love about England, like that they think oh, they love. Oh, so it's not like it's, historical village. It's like 
It's like it's like it's it's like like Little London from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like that. Okay, but they have a Sherwood Forest section. Okay, um, and over the course of the book, as things go crazy. Um, the merry men start getting way too into it and they oh, actually no. become like eco-terrorists oh, and like no. take hostages because they're demanding that the poor be supported. Uh, and so, yeah, it's about, it all spins into, into madness. So like, what if, uh, the high school decides to go to a field trip to like, not medieval times, but like the medieval fair. Yeah, grounds. like Ren Fair. Yeah, the Ren Fair. But they show up and things have gotten very serious. Yeah. I mean I guess that's more like Westworld. Yeah, because then I was like, <laughs> well, we don't have like all the people who are the Robin Hood people are just actors. Actors, they're just cosplayers. Yeah. I mean, I mean Kevin Costner what basically is- <laughs> doing cosplay in this yep. movie. <laughs> He's LARPing real hard. He's the he okay, okay. Um they go to that and then everybody, including the guy who's playing Robin Hood, gets sucked into a time vortex and sent back to medieval England. Uh-huh. So that the only guy from the present day on the Robin Hood side is Kevin Costner as Robin Hood. <laughs> and he's just trying to keep up. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, the like science teacher or something. Aww. <laughs> no, I guess he should be Robin Hood. Yeah. Though. I think in my I was thinking that like we would have to do some some retconning for Mean Girls okay. and set and just set it in Yuldy oh, times. Yuldy high school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that notorious yeah King well, Richard they left, have a court. Well, King Richard left a lot of things unresolved. One of them was not the public school system, which no. was very robust. <laughs> I mean, obviously, all the kids had to go to school until they I, turned eighteen. And so, then... are, are you just envisioning rain? Kind of, yeah. Show? Basically, like this is just like high school in court. Uh, exactly. I, mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Okay. Yeah. Um, sure. We're just putting everybody in costumes, and yeah. it like it literally would be like here, you know, Katie and her family are returning from France. Maybe. Oh yeah. That's where people that, that exotic, that exotic land. land of France. <laughs> um, and yeah, have to return back to court. Mm-hmm. And of course, Regina George is the, the the most popular girl at court. She might be um, kind of real close to the line of Richard. Maybe maybe not quite in the line of Maid Marian. I thought you said Lionel Richie. <laughs> the line of Richard. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, but she's maybe she's high up there on mm-hmm. the, the socials status. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, so she's in there. She's working it with the plastics. Yeah, I feel like. That definitely ups the stakes on the mean girl side of the equation. Yes. There's a lot more uh, risk of death. Yeah, exactly. And exile. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and Regina George could wield some real power, mm-hmm. yeah. which I kind of like. I like that. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so then what's the what is the thrust of it? Like, is Katie trying to, like, depose Regina? Does she have to, like, man it? Like, is she just trying to keep her head down? So, like, OK. Well, we have... Um, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, um, mm-hmm. what's her, Janice. Yeah. So I feel like we still need Janice in there. Maybe she and Is she giving da- intel Damien. to the Merry Men? Well, yeah. So maybe she and Damien see that Katie is new in town mm-hmm. and, and pulling Katie to be like, you're going to be a spy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And it would be basically, again, like Mean Girls, yeah. except now it's like, we need you to be a spy so we can like take down this government instead of just make fun of Regina George. Right. Like, but but you're, we're still going to give you these weird Swedish foods. Yeah, exactly. Just now they're poison. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're slowly poisoning Regina George. Yeah, she's Her hair lead falls poisoning. out over the course of the, yes. of the show. Um, yeah, so I think that like they're working with the ma- with the Merry Men. Yeah. Like they're the inside court. Um, and they're know. like, they maybe they work at court. Yeah. So they're like, you know, the servants. And yeah. they... They get, they think they have Katie on their side, but then Katie's like, wow, everything is so fancy here. I do love being a lady. That's a, it's the best. Look at these dresses. They're so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So, okay. I like that. Um, I think this is moving a little bit into best buddies, but mostly I just want to talk about how Alan Rickman and Regina George hang out. Oh, 100%. Can like, we talk about it, yes. please? <laughs> I think so. Regina can see that he is the, the person in power. Mm-hmm. Um, Because she's a high schooler. I know that back in the day she would have been a marriageable age. Yep. But that feels real creepy. Hey, she's fertile. Ah! 
I know. Maybe that's not a joke we make at this day and age. No, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that women have been dealing with recently. No, that's true. This was maybe not the time. Yeah. I apologize. Thank you. <laughs> um, so maybe, um, well, maybe they're actually not, maybe they're related. Maybe oh, that's yeah. how she's in power, where she's mm-hmm. not in line for the throne, but she yeah. is... Connected like the, to him. She wants to prop his reign up because yeah, then that'll get her access exactly. to the throne. Yeah. And I think like maybe one of the first things she does is convinces him to get rid of his mom of the of the witch because oh she's like God. she's embarrassing. So, <laughs> I'm just gonna retcon this and have Amy Poehler play the witch. Yes. Amy Poehler plays both. Yes. <laughs> I think she would do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. He's so weird and creepy. He's such a good witch. How has this not happened I yet? I know, right? Uh, so yeah, but I think that like they depo- they get rid of her like or, or Regina. Or just, like Regina knows how to work her much like she knows how to work her mom. Yeah, that's in the true. Movie. She knows how to handle her. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, great. Um, so, so they're, I mean, I can see, like, they're basically in charge. Mm-hmm. They're loving life. Yep. Um, and, um, so planning. Katie comes in. Katie comes in, um, is kind of spying, but then also really likes being in power. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Maid Marian is like the reasonable person. So in maybe, court. yeah, maybe Maid Marian. She's Mary- the Miss Norwood. Yeah, I was going to say she's the Tina Fey, where yeah. she's like, Katie, you can be more than this. It's true. You're Katie, smart. Come join the math team. Yeah. And by math team, <laughs> I mean rebels in the forest. <laughs> by math team, I mean learn how to do math. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is a revolutionary learn act. <laughs> how to read. Do your numbers. <laughs> I think that is like. Katie knows how to read because, you know, France. Yeah. Um, and then, but has to pretend she doesn't. Because yeah. She's in this oh, court. no. And Aaron Samuels is like, <laughs> maybe he's like a knight or something. Oh, he's totally a knight. Yeah. And he's, there. he's there. He sure is there. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I think like he and Guy, what's his face, are bros. Guy of Gisborne. Yeah. Guy yeah. of Gisborne. Um, so, yeah. And then I think Maid Marian, I think maybe realizes that Katie can read. And so. <laughs> I th- and so he tries to get her to in to help the the merry men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and and maybe like and Katie is really into living this fancy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But like once kind of like Marion she sees that okay, like people are real downtrodden. Yeah. Like things are actually very bad mm-hmm. and these other people are trying to help. I think, yeah, we could do that scene that is in, like, every movie like this where I think they're at a revel and, like, yeah. maybe she gets too drunk. It's like the party. Yeah. Like, the revel goes off out of hand. She gets embarrassed and runs away, but she runs outside of the castle. And then there's that scene where, like, she's running through the little hovels of the poor yeah. people's area and she's horrified by all of the destitution around her. Yeah. And it hits her just how terrible she's been. Yeah. She's a mean girl. Yeah. And then, yeah, Janice and Damien pop up and they're like, look, look at what you did. (laughs) You caused this. (laughs) It's all your fault. With your reading. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's what it'll do to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so so Katie kind of gets back on the on the rebel train. Mm -hmm. Um, Goes to the Merry Men. Yeah. They have not yet been found. No. Or has she tipped off by the, before that before her revelation? Has she tipped off the sheriff and Regina as to the location of the oh, woods? Oh yeah, Does kind she of get like destroyed. Well, kind of like um, uh, well, Scarlet Christian Slater does. Oh yeah, yeah. So he yeah, know, they're totally yeah. I, but on maybe the same Katie track. Katie doesn't realize exactly what she's doing. No, it's oh. it's like the uh, he's too too gay to function. Yeah, thing. it's like exactly. she she does it without realizing right that, that the context and, is different. And uh, Miss Norbury's a pusher. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think that that and Katie's like, oh my god, I I did this. I burned right. down Sherwood Forest. Yeah. Um. And you know, much like Katie as a um as a mathlete, mm-hmm. realizing that like you. Like putting someone else down. You have responsibilities. Yeah, like doesn't make you feel better about yourself, and that you you've you've got to like just solve the problem. Read the book in front of you. You've got to read it right there. <laughs> and um, oh. so, instead of a a forced wedding, yeah, can May Marion try to host a reconciliation session for the merry men and the court? <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to pull a Miss Norwood. She's like, 
Okay. Who's well, we're going to talk about our feelings. Who's been um, personally victimized by the Sheriff, Sheriff of Nottingham? Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it need, It doesn't need to work. It doesn't need to go well. No. But I think she certainly tries to she do tries, it. She tries, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we could all just get in the room and talk together. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, then. We haven't talked a lot about Robin. Because what is there to say? He, yeah, right. He's fine. He's doing whatever he normally does. He's doing his Robin Hood thing. Yeah. Like you do. Um, yeah, I think Katie and Will Scarlet probably end up hooking up at the end oh, of it. Oh, totally. Because yeah. they're, they're both um, kind of angsty yeah. in different ways. Yeah, and Aaron's fine. Aaron is sure a face. <laughs> he is. He sure is there. Um, so, yeah, I think that then, like, you know, battle, battle, battle. Um, and then they all learn to to be okay with one another. Yeah. And um, Katie starts teaching everyone to read. Oh, and then okay. King Richard comes in and is like, well, I'm putting a stop to yeah, this. Yeah, right? Man, <laughs> ladies reading. Oof. Yeah, no, can't have this. I didn't go to the Crusades to come back to this. The, the women reading? Ungodly what is this acts. nonsense? Yeah. Um, not a cool dude. No. King Richard. Just not a cool dude. Was, yeah. He shirked his responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's maybe do some best buddies. Let's do some best buddies. Uh, okay, so who is Azim best friends with? I, I mean, I don't want to be like, the black kids have to hang out together, but no. I feel like between Azim and um, Principal Duvall, like they're both people who are like, "What is this white nonsense?" Yeah, what is going on here? Yeah, we did not leave. The, uh, what is it? The South Side of Chicago for this? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're both hitting the fire alarm with a baseball. Bat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, um, I want to um, pair Damien up with somebody. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, Friar Tuck. True. Yeah. Who's, again, yeah. like, it's a little older. Yeah. Um, but Damien feels like he would appreciate some maturity. Yeah. And, like, maybe, um, again, like, everybody's kind of aged appropriately, mm-hmm. up or down. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I think this is, everybody's above consent. Yeah. Um, modern day consent. Yes. Uh, very important to clarify. Uh, yeah, I think, or, I mean, there's Little John. I don't actually remember much think, difference between Little John and Friar Tuck. Yeah, because, I mean, Little John has, he's old enough to have a son who's like, you know, nine or so. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he's a dad. And yeah, Friar Tuck, it's like, you could, I, you, he could tell me he was 40, you could tell me he was th- 30. He's the young cool he was 25, like, yeah, yeah, right. He's shaking it up. There you go. He's got booze. Actually, uh, so, I'm going to say, instead of Will Scarlet and Katie, um, well, Scarlett and Janice, they're actually both angsty oh, outsider yeah. people. Oh, my gosh. Yes, of course. Yes. Janice and Christian Slater. Of course. Um, yeah, that's just a no-brainer. Um, Maybe some best buddies. Who yeah. Can do? Um, actually, I wonder if Damien and Friar Tuck would be better off as best buddies. Yeah, let's leave them as best they're, buddies. Because they're both kind of... A little bit of an outsider, even mm-hmm. though they have a group of friends. Like, they're sort of quippy. Yeah, they're quippy, mm-hmm. um, but they function slightly differently within their yeah. spheres. No, I like that. I like that. Best buddies for them. Um, I feel like um, Aaron Samuels and Robin of Loxley would actually be good friends. Yeah, they would be good buddies. <laughs> they sure are there. They just, they exist. Let it be known that they exist. Um, Kevin, who is Kevin hanging out with? Um, so Azim, I'm because I mean, they're both math, mathletes. Um, no, Azim Azim. brings gunpowder. Oh yeah. But you know but what? Um, the Middle East discovered invented mathematics. Math. Yeah. Exactly. Discovered math. <laughs> the Moors. Um, um, I feel like also, um, Kevin would be like real into the merry men life. Yes. He would be like, I am such a rebel. Yeah. He'd be living it up. Tearing, tearing down the system. Mm-hmm, in my comfy tree fort. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely in with the rest of the Merry Men. Um, Sheriff and Regina, for sure. None for Gretchen Wieners? Oh, and none for Gretchen Wieners. And none for Gretchen Wieners. Uh, yeah, and then who... Do, oh, and I think Little John and Amanda Seyfried um, become friends. Yeah. They become just best friends. Yeah, right. They're just They're like, just... hey, good job. Yeah, good job, guys. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like the Battle Dome, like, there aren't a lot of surprising fights here. I do feel like Regina and the witch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do uh, not get along. Well, no, I think. The witch Reg- wants to get along. Yes. And I think Regina can use her appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, 
Yeah, like it's, you know, all the good guys versus all the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that is the thing with like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's pretty black and white. Right. You got like, your good guys, you got your bad guys. It is classic good guy, bad guy. And the bad guys are way compelling and fun. Yes. But they're bad guys. I mean, it, actually, I think that is a theme that covers both, where the bad guys are actually much more interesting than the protagonist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That They match up very well. Yeah, um, yeah Katie, she's kind of there. I mean, she she's there to learn some valuable lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she can learn from Marion. Yeah. Um, again, much like Robin, just mm-hmm. like, yeah, here I am. Yep, I sure this, am leading this movie. I am the center of this plot for sure. Um. Uh, oh, I think maybe the parents can get along with uh with Robin's um, uh, D- dude. Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. 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 They all hang out uh, and are perplexed together. Yeah. Right. It's just like man. Time, these crazy times yeah, they what, are changing things are so different than they were in france oh man so uh, yeah i feel pretty solid about this yeah, crossover so, i like that yeah i feel like it's not like the most surprising crossover we've ever done but it's like but i enjoy all these people and exactly. kind of want to see that it's more like a sketch comedy version of robin hood very appropriate for a tina fey joint exactly right yeah get on it tina Oh, good job, guys. Yay. Well, if people want more fun like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Annie, where can they look? Um, so if you want more Robin Hood in your life, boy, are there options. Yeah, you got some got some choices got to make. got a lot of them. Um, so for books and literature, you can read the original ballads slash folktales about Robin Hood. Um, they're from, you know, ye olden times. <laughs> Classics. Classics. And they're free So on Project Gutenberg. So go to town. Um, you can read the Scarlet series by A.C. Goggin um, about the Robin Hood myth reimagined in which Will Scarlet is a girl with a major past. Which is like a crazy good concept. Oh, totally. And it's such a fun series. And um, the, you know, even though it's like fiction, it's still more historically accurate than Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. A little more research. Yeah, she she did a good job here. Um, and there's Outlaws of Sherwood by Robin McKinley, which focuses on Maid Marian as a fellow archer. Um, I read that a while ago and enjoyed it, and I hope it would hold up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for TV and movies, uh, we have The Adventures of Robin Hood, starring Errol Flynn in probably his most famous role. Um, it's just it's a super good time, and I love this movie. Yeah, it's got again another. It's delightful. It is. It's got a great cast, lots of good sword fighting. It's like the kind of movie that the word swashbuckling was invented for. Exactly. Um, so yeah, check that one out. Um, and there's Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is Mel Brooks's take on Robin Hood, and really pokes fun at Prince of Thieves. Yeah. So if you're like, I would like the SNL version of Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, it really is just the plot of Prince of Thieves with pop culture jokes layered onto them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, was it Carrie Elwes is... He is, and he is great. He actually feels very Robin Hoodie. Yeah, no, he is... His casting is the best part of the movie. Yeah. The movie is not it's great. It's fine. It didn't but, hold up so yeah, well. It's, it's not one of the better no Mel young Frankenstein. Exactly. But it is... Yeah, he he's great to watch it. Yeah. And if you're like a fourth grader, man, it's the best. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, not... not again, it's no young Frankenstein. Exactly. Um, there's Robin Hood, the BBC miniseries from like the mid O's, um, for oh, your yeah. extended Robin Hood fun. Um, I watched some of the first season and it was, it was pretty good. Like yeah, I think, I fe- yeah, I fell off the train, but it was a good time for, Hey, I'm going to put something on and yeah. have some historical adventure fun. Absolutely. Um, and of course, Disney's animated Robin Hood, which is also a super good time. And I love this movie. And it launched a whole generation of furries. Absolutely. It codified it's, a whole thing. Yeah, right. But it's fantastic. Yeah, it's delightful. Also, there are literally hundreds of adaptations on top of this. Like, seriously, if you want a prep school AU um, starring Devin Sawa and Joshua Jackson, oh, yeah. that's a real thing. Um or a uh, historical TV series modeled after Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules. Right. Like, there's that one. Oh, yeah. Everything's um, out there. There's the Frank Sinatra version of... Um, Wait, it's like what? It's like Robin in the Hoods or something. Whoa. Where it's like literally just like the Rat Pack, but... As the Merry Men. But it's not historic. It's like set in yeah. New York City. That's insane. Right. Like, there's so any flavor of Robin Hood you want, it's probably already out there has there been a a lady robin hood um there was princess of thieves starring karen knightley um oh, about right. the daughter of robin hood 
Um, yeah. And I know, I think there was That was another, Keira Knightley? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know, right? There's a lot of stuff out There's there. There's so many Robin Hoods. Wow. People love this myth. This is a very elemental story. Yeah, right? Um, so yeah, you can find something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, for general historical adventure fun, The Three Musketeers, specifically the 90s adaptation starring Chris O'Donnell, aka the best adaptation. I also like the adaptation for the 70s, but I made it's Annie watch garbage. it and she hated it. It is garbage and <laughs> no one should watch it. You should only watch the Chris O'Donnell version. It's very slow paced, okay. but also very funny. Tim Curry is in the Chris O'Donnell I'm version. I'm the Chris O'Donnell version is bad. It's the best one. It's, oh, I'm, I would probably agree with you on that. I'm just saying. It is without a doubt the, the best one. The 70s one is worth watching, too. It's fine. <laughs> I managed to negotiate you up, up, you up to fine. Outside awesome. of garbage. Outside, yep, exactly. I'll take it. Um, there's the Tudors, which is a super sexy look at the court of King Henry VIII. With Natalie Dormer. Yeah, who's delightful. Yeah, just the greatest. Um, it should have just been her. Yeah, it really could have been. And it yeah. still would have been compelling. Exactly. Um, there's the Mask of Zorro, about a Robin Hood-style folk hero in the mid-1800s in California. Um, if you were like me as a kid, there was also the Disney Zorro series from the oh, 50s yeah. or so. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Zorro is basically Robin Hood for like... Early California, like yeah. Mexico area. Yeah, that's basically um, just the new yeah, setting. Exactly. Um, yeah, and really... I think like I, I think they were independent of each other. No, it's like yeah, it's like Robin Hood plus Lone Ranger equals Zorro. Yeah. Plus plus a little sexiness. A li- I mean with Antonio Banderas and Captain Zeta Jones. Oh, hello. A lot of sexiness. Yeah, right. That mm-hmm. was a real that is a real good movie that right movie there. Is delightful. Um, there's a knight's tale about a squire who competes as a knight and it's Heath Ledger. So there you go. End of story. What more do you need? Exactly. Outlander about a woman who time travels back to 18th century Scotland at the edge of a rebellion. Um, and, uh, Jamie is like real good looking. He so is. there's your sexy times. They're all good looking. Yeah. Are they? Well, the main woman is as well. Yes, that's true. The two main people. The two leads are. And then there's a lot then, of Harry Scottish Yeah, guys. exactly. <laughs> Um, and of course, there's Rain, a garbage CW series, which I weirdly love, um, about Mary, Queen of Scots. Which we kind of invented tonight. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is basically how they got Rain. Yeah. And I remember the first, the first like, three episodes, I was so angry because it was so anachronistic. <laughs> and, like, I <laughs> had to realize... just had to let it happen? Exactly. I was just, like, I had to realize that that's not what the show is. Like, this show mm-hmm. is not trying to be his- a historical drama. It's trying to be... A history AU. Yeah. It's like setting things in Disney France. Yeah. Or it's just um, like that weird, vague medieval period. Anastasia's um fantasy Russia. Where oh, you're yeah, like exactly. No, this is not historically accurate at <laughs> all. But it looks fine. But it's fun and you want you just want to sing and dance. Exactly. Um and lastly go to a Ren Fair because that's the atmosphere you really want. Yeah, that's really what you're going for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so tell us about uh, some Mean Girls recommendations. Yeah, I think similar to Robin Hood, there are so many movies about the, the high school experience. Um, and I think if there are books on the bookend, I feel like you have a more firm grounding as well in that world. So if there are any that jump to mind. Yeah, because uh, I think I, I can think of a lot of like, I mean, I love contemporary YA. That's my jam. Um, there's but... a lot of things that I feel like we've recommended before for stuff like Bring It On. Yeah. Or, you but know, even then, I feel like those are more like serious in a way i feel like there there aren't as many ya books that have that like kind of the sharp sensibility yeah Yeah, where it's like because i think when you're a teen reader reading it like Mm. it is very real to you and you take it very seriously it's harder to have that kind of perspective on it yeah whereas i think even though Mean Girls fully commits to being in the teen experience it's not like a retrospective yeah but i think the the medium of film handles things differently than a book no that's true and it, and it is modeled after a book that is supposed to be helping parents understand yeah so i think it is it is a movie that's still targeting parents even though it resonates with high schoolers yeah i feel like the only thing that really comes to mind right now which again is totally different tone wise but um to all the boys i've loved before by jenny han and oh, that yeah. series um which is now a netflix movie it and is it's delightful. so great the netflix movie is delightful i love it and then the book series is phenomenal um and again it's it's much more genuine about mm-hmm. its high schoolness and like the feelings thereof um but it it has a lot of the same kind of 
interworkings of like how you kind of manage these different cliques and crossing over boundaries of people you were friends with and yeah. you are friends with and yeah it's a lot more of like subtle navigation yeah exactly cool um well the things on my list i think the biggest movie recommendation is clueless i feel oh, like totally. mean girls is like a there's a direct line from clueless yeah. to mean girls even in the aesthetic of it 100 percent. um but it's really i feel like it's there's Clueless and there's Heathers, I feel like, are the two yeah. teen movies that most lend DNA to Mean Girls. To It's almost a hybrid of them in a, in a lot of ways. And I think um, the thing that I get from Mean Girls that is Clueless is the the warmth of it. Like, mm-hmm. you you kind of love everyone, even the plastics. Like, yeah, it's you're, very... you're, like, it's satisfying at the end when Regina George, like, finds her place on the sports teams. Yeah, and, it's very yeah. certain that everyone has potential. Yeah. Even if, I mean, in Clueless, even when they're, like, totally clueless, upper, cl- uh, upper class like super, Sally girls. Yeah. Or in Mean Girls, where they're just all so wrapped up in status. Yeah. But it's like, no, you can still be a good person. Right. Right. And um, that doesn't mean you can be a good person 15 years from now. You can be a good person right now. And right. maybe again, it's just about finding an outlet for yourself. Exactly. And Cher finds it in like helping people. And again, Regina finds it in Hitting like people. field hockey yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, field hockey. It was either that or lacrosse. It's one of the two, yeah. but she messes people up and it's great. Yeah. Um, whereas Heather's is much like... It has a much um, angrier tone yeah, about it. Yeah, it's much more insider versus outsider. Yeah, or... and I mean, literally people die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is much more about like high school. I mean, I think both of the movie, both movies make the point that like you are not who you are in high school. You're becoming who you are in high school. Yeah. But I think Heather's comes at it from a perspective of like, so let's just blow it all up. Yeah, like, and so... that everybody in high school is terrible. Yeah, and it's a traumatic and... experience yeah. versus like a formative experience. Right. But they're both very good movies. Yeah. Um I had bring it on on here, but I think oh, I was I just thinking put that on. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's I think it's about um kind of again managing the the high school experience, um mm-hmm. trying to be the popular person and, and... to grow up and also accept yeah. responsibility. Yeah. I think uh the breakfast Oh, I'm sorry. And just having that kind of sharp sense of humor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Breakfast Club, obviously, I think of the John Hughes movies, I think it's the one that feels closest. Mean Girls feels like it's yeah. it's in conversation with The Breakfast yeah. Club. Um, there's Carrie, if you want to take your high school angst to a very different direction. Yeah. Um, but also ends at a prom. So it's got that going for it. That's true. Yeah. Um, and doesn't uh, go as great in character. No, but still has a sense of magic. Yes, a very much a, like a crown that can be broken into many pieces and then telekinetically so shot is, into people's throats. Yep. You know, um, and then if you want more Tina Fey, uh, Thirty Rock is a show I will always recommend. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is a show I will guardedly recommend. I think. Yeah. The first season I really enjoyed. The second season I haven't finished. Um, yeah. I think it. You sort of can see Tina Fey tilting into more reactionary sort of... Defensive comedy. Yeah, defensive comedy. Um, and I think she's best when she's being a little more open. But um, I think that it, they're still very funny. Like, she's an incredibly yeah. funny writer. Um, you just have to take a lot of things she does with a grain of salt um, now more than ever. Um, there's also the podcast uh, from uh, uh, Riley Smurl and Sydney McElroy, Aww. Still Buffering, um, which is in the McElroy family of podcasts. But it is Sydney, uh, who, if you listen to My Brother, My Brother, and Me, or The Adventure Zone, is Justin's wife and uh, an amazing doctor. Um, uh, it is her and her teenage sister, Riley. And they basically just do a, and uh, oh, and their, their, their third sister. sister. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, name? Um, I'll look it up. Thank you. Um, but it's three sisters basically talking about for the older sisters. Uh, um, Sydney, Taylor, and Riley. Taylor, yes. Uh, for the older sisters, it's talking. It's remembering what being a teen was like, and for Riley, it's a really like live commentary on what it is to be a teenager now. And they do a yeah. nice job of talking about how things have evolved and how to be a teen. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see how many again like what things remain, and you know mm-hmm. they're always going to be 
it's like friendships and relationships and parties and stresses yeah. and whatever. It just takes different forms. Yeah. And it's like, well, now you have cell phones and social media. And, yeah. and like, it's like it's a WhatsApp thread instead of like a passing notes or yeah. hearing rumors in the hall. Um, um, but yeah. And one of the things that made me think of it was there's an episode where Riley talks about how she and her friends all watch Mean Girls Aww. all the time. And it's real retro to them now. Exactly. It's such a throwback. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's a good sort of starter kit for for stuff like Mean Girls, but similar to Robin yeah. Hood, there's a whole bunch of it out there. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, and yeah, whatever your interest in terms of the the high school comedy genre, like you can find your you your can thing. scratch that itch. Yeah. Like if you want the the wack the kind of wacky musical version, there's High School Musical. I'm sure. Yeah. If you want. I'm the, sure there is a show that is Robin Hood in high school. I'm sure. I well, I know there was the the Devon Sawa <laughs> Joshua Jackson movie oh, that was one. that was set in some kind of prep school. Yeah, so um, go watch that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, uh, oh, Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. He's you. great. Um, Fringe needs to come back to Netflix so I can finish watching it. Oh yeah. Um, but hey, in the meantime, Annie, if uh, people want to share their uh, share their favorite gifts from high school or Robin Hood related mashups, where yeah. or find ones that we share, where can they find us? Um, they can find all of our crossover appeal content, including the show notes at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can email us your personal favorite blends of Robin Hood and or high school drama at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on our Facebook. Facebook page and tell us um, what you're doing for October 3rd mm-hmm. to celebrate Mean Girls um, and uh, share your pink outfits for Wednesdays. Yay, it is Wednesday. And it's Crossover Pill Podcast on mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, and you can tweet us your favorite sassy Kevin Costner gifts at Crossover Appeal. <laughs> Are there Appeal. sassy Kevin Costner There's got to be a couple. You, I mean, you, I'm just, I'm just you interested. You can tweet to... us your favorite sassy Alan Rickman gifts. I'm interested to see where the Kevin Costner thing goes. If you can find a sassy Kevin Costner gift, please tweet it at us at Crossover Appeal. Um, and most importantly, you can subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating or review. Absolutely. And let us know what you think. And, um, uh, and then make sure that you can come back and think more things. Yeah, because that makes us feel like uh, Fetch could happen. What about Fletch? If- Fletch is also a possibility yeah. of things happening. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Yep. <laughs> while I'm ready. We will see you in a couple more weeks for another crossover. But in the meantime, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Please ship responsibly.